What's up, everyone, and welcome to the School District Podcast. My name is Adam. Welcome. This is my podcast. I'm the host, and I really hope you enjoy all the conversations I have with educators all over the world, principals, teachers, instructional coaches, assistant superintendents, superintendents, and even state commissioners of education. We talk about the pain points and lessons learned in education so we can all simply be better for kids and the colleagues we work with. Please consider subscribing to the podcast, leave a rating, write a review, and share your favorite conversations with colleagues or anyone you think would enjoy. Today's episode is brought to you by me. <laughs> I'm the sponsor. The best way to support the podcast is pick up one of my books, Kids Deserve It, Run Like a Pirate, Empower Our Girls, or Teachers Deserve It. They're all linked in the show notes, and they're all available on Amazon or wherever books are sold, as you can imagine. And Kids Deserve It is also on Audible as an audiobook. Hey, and if your organization, school, district, county, service unit, conference, or company is having an event and looking for a high-energy, relevant, relatable, fun, down-to-earth speaker that just keeps it real and really connects with the audience, reach out directly so we can talk about your event and hopefully schedule something amazing for your team. I've given well over 300 keynotes all across North America with breakout sessions, coaching, leadership strands, and I would just love to work with you. AdamWelcome at gmail.com or MrAdamWelcome.com for more information about speaking and also my other podcasts and blog. Today on the show, I have Dr. Megan Sutton, Heritage Primary Elementary School Principal in uh, in Missouri. Be sure to go to Twitter and follow uh, Megan. It's linked in the show notes also, but it's all of a Sutton underscore M. The Sutton is TT. Uh, again, it's linked in the show notes. Uh, Megan and I just have a super fun conversation about education and kids and leadership. And I, I really think that you are going to enjoy. So thanks for being here. Thanks for lending me your ears for 16 minutes of our conversation. And uh, I hope you enjoy. Megan Sutton, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. So I was looking at your Twitter handle. And at first I was like, what the heck is this Twitter handle? It's like so <laughs> long. But then I was like, oh, everybody can okay, listen, go to Twitter right now. Make sure you're following Megan. It's all of a Sutton, not Sutton, underscore M. All of a Sutton, underscore M. I'm going to link it. I love that you're laughing because literally at first I was like, what is this? Um, but I'm going to link it in the show notes as well. Make sure um, make sure that you're following. Megan, how did you come up with that Twitter handle? Were you just kind of trying to be funny or snarky or just different or what was um, it? Definitely trying to be funny. Um, first of all, my maiden name is about 12 letters long and very German. It's Baudendistel. Oh my God. So, um, and I started teaching my first year with that. Um, I was Mrs. B, Miss B for sure. Mm. Um, and I got married in October. So I, I've always been very proud to be a Sutton. And I'm so just excited to be able to take on a name that people can actually spell and pronounce. So um, this was also when I got my Twitter handle was the time when everyone was doing those really cute wedding hashtags. And <laughs> I thought, man, I missed the boat on that one. You know, I got married before that time. So this is my little way of having a fun play on my new last name as well. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. So I actually have a maiden name also. 
also when my wife and I got married, we actually, she wanted to keep her name and I wanted the same name for us. So I actually changed my name to welcome, which is a lot easier to say than my maiden name. I love my maiden name, uh, Rapiki. So I was always Mr. Pick as a teacher <laughs> and all through college, I was pick, but I'm with you on the names that are a little bit easier to, to kind of say, and, and they kind of flow. So Megan, um, elementary principal in Missouri, Megan, what do you enjoy most about being an educator? Um, well, I think the thing that I enjoy most is really just being with and around the kids. And I know that sounds kind of cliche, but um, I'm a principal of the K2 building. So we only have kindergarten first and second and just the joy that they um, feel and bring to the building every day and their energy and excitement. It can be contagious and um, just really it brings me down to enjoying the simple things in life, whether it's a lost tooth or really good, like I colored in the lines of the picture today, or I just learned how to read, you know, those basic skills that, um, you know, us as adults take for granted every single day, even just making a new friend that can be the biggest deal in the world for those kids. I think that that's my favorite thing to really experience and get to see on a daily basis, as well as just learning through play, you know, when you get older, sometimes you don't get to let loose. And I always say, let your hair down and be silly. Um, but, you know, one of the things that people might or might not know about me is that my, one of my favorite pastimes is to ride a stick unicorn horse down the hallway. And it's not weird <laughs> in that K2 building to do that. And no, it's not. <laughs> where else do you go to work and do things like that? So I think those are my favorite experiences and things is to just be silly, play and experience joy. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, I, I would say it's not cliche at all because I used to tell people or think like, if you don't like kids, please just, just find something else to do. It's, it's okay. No. And you think about that sometimes with, with people that you meet and you're like, why are you in this profession? Like you, you better enjoy being around kids. You know, with that being said, it's 2022. We've had a lot happening in our world the last number of years. What do you think is the biggest challenge right now for schools? I think, you know, and it might be a unique experience of mine because I have double the number of kindergarten that uh, other K-5 typical schools have. Um, you know, I, I'm a mentor to a K-5 principal and we've kind of talked about just the vast amount of um, developmental delays. And a lot of that is due to the pandemic, due to having preschool shut down, um, daycare shut down, and just parents, you know, working at home and to no fault of their own handing their kid an iPad because they have to go to work remote or whatever. And I think it's really changed the way our students have learned language, um, problem solving skills, all of the typical things that they are supposed to come into kindergarten knowing even, and that's not even the academic um, aspects that they are really supposed to already come in and have a handle on. So um, I think that this year, what I've noticed more than any other year in the past is when we're, especially whether it's a kid with an IEP and their um, young child with a developmental delay and we're trying to reevaluate for a school age diagnosis or eligibility of something, or whether it's a student who just comes in behind, it's much more vast how far behind they are and how many students are behind from what we typically experience. So I think that's been really difficult to get a handle on and reframe our thinking about what the priorities would be for just the typical kindergarten year. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. You know, the COVID experience, everybody had a little bit different experience, but it was not 
it was not equal. Uh, some kids, you know, didn't have a parent at home, like you said, or they were given an iPad and some parents, you know, maybe quit their job or got a pod together with different kids. And they had some kind of pseudo experience that obviously is not the same as school, but resembled some kind of like communal environment where there was some organization and curriculum involved. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think I read an article like, you know, we're going to feel that for years and years and years to come, just those, those gap years and those lost I don't really love the word, the term lost learning or learning loss, but just that loss of connection and how to play. And I was talking to uh, someone yesterday about high school and they've had just, they've had more fights and more, you know, behavior in high school than they've ever had. It's like over the last 10 years compared to like the last six months. So it's not even just for kindergartners, Megan, it's, you know, it's everybody, you know, as we know, it's a, it's just a, it's an issue that we have to work through. um, Unfortunately. So Megan, if you could stop doing one thing in your job, so you could instead spend that time doing something else, what would it be? So what would you stop and what would you do instead? Okay. Well, I think I'm kind of torn here. Um, It's hard hard for me to be torn, but I'll I'll explain both of my things. I'm going to pick two. I'm going to break the rule and not pick one. Um, I, at my school in particular, I have um, a ton of IEP meetings that I have to attend. And I actually figured it out last year. And this is not including the extra meetings we had to do for COVID for distance learning plans, but just regular IEPs. I counted up the hours with my special education department chair and 22% of my time was spent sitting in meetings. And that's a lot of my time to be sitting and especially virtual meetings. Um, So sitting in my office with my door closed in front of a computer. Um, However, I do value those meetings because it really helps me understand the, where the students and families are, where the concerns and strengths are. So I hate to I would not want to go to those, but just thinking about that much of my time, I was surprised and shocked at how much that was. Um, But I think that kind of leads into any of the um, things that are like scheduling or, um, you know, working on the building map for next year. Those things excite me because I'm a planner and I like to organize, but what I really want to do is be out in classrooms. And me personally, you know, I have two young children at home. I have a 12 year old and a nine year old. And, you know, they're very involved in activities and I want to be a good mom and be present when they're home. So I try really hard not to bring work home. So those things for me have to be done during the school hours. And that means that it's taking away from my face-to-face time with students and teachers. So those type of things that just need to be done, I wish I had a clone that could do those things so that I could be out and about and continue on um, doing instructional planning or just working with students and really um, feeling the vibe and living the life of the classroom and the hallways. Um, so I think those are the things I would love to be able to quit, even though <laughs> part of me secretly enjoys them as well. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Hey, my last year as a principal, I had 165 IEPs and I was the admin on all of them. And it's torn because you know, you love the work and all the students and uh, the families are so important, but it is, it's a lot of time. And I don't know what the solution to that is, but I also think too, you can't fix something if you don't identify what's taking the most time and what the problem is and working with colleagues, people that are listening, you know, talk with your colleagues, talk to other district leaders and other districts to see like, Hey, like, what are these pain points? What's taking so much of your time and, you know, getting ideas from them, like, Oh, Hey, we do this, this, and this. And then we actually, instead of 20, 22% of the time, we got back down to 
15. So you get a little bit of time back or more pre-prep with parents or the SPED team or, you know, whatever it might be. Obviously, we're not going to solve all the problems um, here in this podcast, but I think identifying what takes the most amount of that time and then working backwards to like reverse engineer it, I think could be helpful. I agree. You know, my um, very first year as an AP, my mentor, um, she's, her name is Dr. Megan Stryeski. She is in the Valley Park School District now as an assistant soup, but she um, told me, she said, you know, you really should do an audit of how you spend your time because you really don't feel that on a day-to-day basis accurately until you write it down. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be the biggest waste of my time. But you know, I, I did it because I loved her and I wrote down, you know, what time I was doing and what times I was spending and what I was doing during those times. And um, last year when I felt like, oh my goodness, my doors closed constantly, I, I pulled that log back out and decided I'm going to audit my time. And that's how I really figured out that I was spending a large amount of my time doing those IPs. And it helped me have a data point to advocate for my own um, school and, and the needs that we have at our building with our um, district administration. So I actually met with them recently and we're having a follow-up meeting to kind of problem solve and discuss um, what can we do about that? Because my number, um, my special education number is much higher than that of other elementary schools and even some middle schools. And on my district, middle schools have um, four administrators. I only have two to divide mm. those um, meetings with. So I'm yeah. anxious to see how they help me <laughs> but I definitely agree with what you said about, you know, finding a way to have a data point to advocate because sure. your, your administration really does want to help, but they don't know exactly how to support you if you don't tell them what your needs are. For sure. Wait, did you say Megan from Valley Park School District, assistant yes. superintendent? I have a call with Megan in one hour, actually. Oh my gosh, talk, I love Megan. To talk about working together. Megan, shout out to Megan. How do you say yes. her last name? I've been practicing. Shayeski is a good Polish name, probably. So, um, it must be her married name, too. We're talking about married names and maiden oh, names. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's long. She was always called Dr. Megan, and then I couldn't be Dr. Megan, so that was very unfortunate, but I understand because she has a longer last name. But we were actually paired together for our Missouri um, leadership development system just because we were both Megan S. Oh, funny. um, We really connected and are very similar in thought. So it was a great pairing. And um, she was my mentor for a couple of years. And then she actually came over to the Winsville School District for a couple of years. And then she was um, in our um, district administration. And now she's at Valley Park. But I definitely consider her my mentor. And she's fantastic. I'm excited for you to be able to talk with her. Oh, uh, I'll have to get Megan, uh, the other Megan on the podcast also. That's right. Uh, she's the other Megan, <laughs> not yeah. me. Megan Sutton. Megan Sutton now. If you were talking to a group of parents or community members, and you had the opportunity to tell them, and you said, you know, I wish you knew this. What do you wish people that you know are in the community and maybe don't have a child in school ever or anymore, what do you wish they knew about our schools? I wish that they knew, um, especially now when there's a lot of you know political arguments, especially with um, what we're teaching and how we're teaching it to our students that um, you know I've heard a lot of you know stick to reading, writing and math and of course those are definite um, priorities of ours, but that we're really developing the whole child. And that can mean something as sweet as the small moments of, oh, you're hungry, do you want a snack? I'll just grab you one because that'll help you learn better. Or, oh, you missed your mom today. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a hug and, and I'm gonna put you in our chill zone for a little bit and come check on you. And 
um, but also down to the um, very difficult task of teaching our students how to read and how to write and communicate as a professional um, collaborator. We as teachers and educators have such a vast um, task of creating the whole child into um, a functional member of our society and it changes all the time what their needs are whether it's from student to student in your current class or from year to year with your cohorts um, there's never two years that are the same and I've never met in my career and I, you know I've been around approximately 16 years now but I've never met a teacher who you know has their own hidden agenda and I hear that a lot about um, making sure that they push something onto their students um, the, the, all the teachers I've ever met are there to just really develop the kids from where they're at and help them make progress for that full year that they have with that student. And whether it's helping them, you know, with a lost tooth or um, a spelling word that they're stuck on because they don't know a vowel rule, or if it's finding the right strategy that works for them for mathematics, you know, we meet the students where they are at no matter what area of their life they need to work on and that we do it through love. And I think that some of those smaller moments of learning how to pump on a swing, we forget that those are things that teachers and educators are involved in and that we get to experience and um, are just as important to a seven-year-old student as those really strong reading, writing and um, math concepts. Yeah, no, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more, you know, working on unity and building relationships and why it's so important for the educators in a building in a school to build relationships with the community and vice versa. So if something does come up and you have a question or you quote unquote, hear something without even getting, you know, the evidence from the source, you, you, uh, you assume positive intentions and not negative and, yes. and, and, oh, yes. and, and hatred and start hating on the school or saying things and just spreading rumors that, that aren't true. I think that is so, I know it's just so destructive and it's not healthy for anybody. And our kids hear that and it's not, it's not good for the kids to hear i think they need to like you said be uh be focusing on uh on much more uh important things so um megan i've had so much fun chatting with you i'm doing a new kind of little flow with the podcast uh, more episodes that are actually shorter i'm trying to see if people can uh, digest just a different level of content all of a sutton underscore m dr megan sutton in uh in missouri make sure you connect with Megan on uh, on Twitter, and uh, if you're in Missouri and you you need a mentor or have a question, reach out to reach out to Megan, and I know that she would uh, she'd like to connect Heritage Primary Principal, or, sorry Heritage Elementary School. Uh, I'm jealous that you have a K two school. Most of the schools out here in California are K five, and uh, we have like three more grade levels, which is not <laughs> a bad thing. It's just a more uh, a lot more going on with more assessments and more things and just uh, and just stuff. So, um, hey, Megan, thanks so much for coming on. Everybody listening, thanks for all that you do. And I hope that you have an absolutely amazing day. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful to chat. And I'm so excited to be able to be on your podcast.